So uh, we're recording now. So basically, people listening, my phone's on twenty five percent. So you might be, we, we, we might be doing a part one and two. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the podcast, my friend from almost thirty years, Mr. Pete Kohler from Sick of It All. Yo, what up, bud? What's up? Um, how What's are you? Happening? I'm doing absolutely great. Yeah, you you always you always look great and always doing good every time I see you. You're always smiling. Well, thank you. Um, thank you very much. So, I mean, what's there to be sad about? <laughs> exactly. I just interviewed Roger, Freddie, and Henderson the past three days. We're talking about all that kind of stuff. And my question cool. to you is also: Do you remember the first time we met? I'm trying to think when uh, I met you guys. Was it in D.C. Maybe or? Yeah, it was in D.C. Yeah. And uh, Richie was still in the band, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And I think I think. I remember seeing a video, and you still had short dreadlocks. Yes. I remember that. Atrocious. And it was back... It, yeah, we were just hanging backstage. I don't really remember what That's was right. what club it was or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if it was 930. I mean, whatever. Anyway, yeah. obviously, I was a fan of you guys. I met you guys in D.C. probably before I moved to New York. Remember Timmy Chunks? That's definite. Um, yeah. And then met you guys in New York. I was talking to Devil, too, the other day. I wasn't sure if I ended up staying at the Schick house on the couch. Um... Who knows? And anyway, I ended up, ended up going to New York and ended up working with you guys. But before we get to that, I'll, my question for Pete, you, my friend, um, h- how were you in school? Did you like school? Did you graduate? Did you play? Uh, well, when I was in school, the good thing is about you know, we doing the, the podcast right now is Lou and myself and Howie Abrams are doing a book. And it's a book about brothers being yeah, in a band together for like, our, our entire lives so that. i was reminded about all these things and we went over childhood shit Damn. and i actually opened up and told <laughs> everybody about when i was in school i was very shy but my shyness instead of being like all squirrely and you know kind of geeky Timid, i yeah. turned it i turned it into anger mm. okay so like if I didn't understand something that I was being taught, instead of asking the teacher for help, I'd be like, fuck it. I don't need to know that. Damn. And then I would fail. Wow. So instead of being, you know, like, you know, because someone might have made fun of me if I asked for help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, I was super shy like that. And I never wanted to raise my hand. Even, even if I knew the answers, I would never raise my hand. Where did that stem was, from, you think? I really don't know. And the crazy thing is my daughter, Lucy, is kind of like that right now. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's really strange how it's working out. But wow. she's getting better at it because she comes on tour with us. Now. Yeah, yeah. She knew out there. It's awesome. And she's like standing on stage in front of, you know, 20,000 people in Europe and shit. So she's, yeah. she's getting she's getting much better. Yeah. So And I always tell her, I was like, hey, the only reason that teacher has a job is to make sure you learn. Yeah. So. You could ask her whatever you want. So yeah. She, she's getting over that. But anyway, school-wise, I did my best. I graduated high school. I went to college for graphic arts, and I got a, a degree in graphic arts. Why even know? That's crazy. What school did you go to? Uh, a place called uh, the Center for the Media Arts. Okay. It was actually right next to FIT in Manhattan. Oh, shit. Nice. And uh, as soon as I graduated from that, well, that's when Sick of It All started. Yeah. And the, the the funny thing is, is that, you know, my dad, he'd be like, you have to get a job. No matter what, you have to get it. And <laughs> yeah. we were working since we were like 
12 years old, I had a paper route. Yeah. And then I would do landscaping and all that shit. But the funny thing is, is when I graduated, I had my portfolio and all this shit. And like the day after I graduated, I, w- I still lived at my parents' house. I come downstairs and the wanted ads, the help wanted ads were on the dining room table with all these things circled for me to go on to Holy interviews that, that my dad and my dad would drive me. All right. He would drive me to these interviews. And the thing is, I would sabotage my own interview because they would be like, well, they'll tell us your interests. And I'd be like, well, I'm in a band. Me and my brother, we started a band. Uh-huh. And I'd be kind of like, and I'm really into it. And I kind of really don't want to have a, a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, well, it seems like you're not very interested in the job. And I'll be like, nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so how old were you then? Is oh, it... I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't, how, how old are you when you graduate? You graduate high school. So high school, 17, know. yeah, whatever. 17, so yeah. 18, 19. Yeah. But I always had jobs. Well, you know, I worked with you. We worked at Concrete jobs. Marketing. We used to fucking smash, yeah. smash cassettes and shit there. It was amazing. Yeah, we'd smash them, <laughs> put them in the envelope, and send them to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> or we'd go sell them at some stores on the weekend. And then another place I worked with you was me, you, Sick of it out, and Isaac. We helped work, uh, put together. We'll work, um, build a sound factory on 54th Street. And we were working. Yeah. I remember we, were, we found that we were working with asbestos. And then I remember, like, Isaac or somebody clocked us out, and we all quit together. Oh, my yeah, God. But I never laughed so hard. I, I didn't even work. I was just fucking laughing the whole time. I know, dude. You, you remember? This, this, was, this was your concept about working. They gave us brooms to sweep up, like, sweep up all the shit. Yeah. So you kept breaking the brooms. Like, yo, the broom broke. We can't walk. So then the motherfucker would t- tape the brooms together, oh. and we'd have to use fucked up brooms. <laughs> <laughs> I remember sick of it out. Somebody was, or he's like, threw a hard helmet down on top of Al was working the elevator, and I remember. Yeah. S- <laughs> <laughs> but Al, Al was with the guy who owned the building, and he's act through the fucking helmet, and it smashed on. <laughs> so I guess, I, <laughs> fuck man. But concrete marketing. Then, go ahead, get it, be good. So that, you know, then we all quit together because they yeah. were about to fire us anyway. So, dude, but the concrete marketing too. We worked so many records, and that was there was me, you, and your brother working there. That was crazy. Worked oh, we worked before. at uh, Road, we worked at Roadrunner yeah. too. Right? Yeah, me too. Yeah, me and Todd Friend. You, yeah. me, and Todd Friend. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so, w- when did you start playing guitar though? Did you get inspired in school? Even you were like a quiet, nervous, timid kid. Were you playing music then, or getting into? Well, uh, another thing is, is like years before I started playing, my parents got me like an acoustic guitar. Okay. And they got me a book that you know would show you how to you know, learn. And it was very easy showing you chords and stuff. But to me, a book was like school. Yeah. And school to me was, I didn't like it. Yeah. You know, so I was like, fuck this. I don't want to learn this shit. But I started loving, you know, like metal and then punk and hardcore. And then I started going to CBs and a seven and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh, that guy, Vinny Stigma, he could play guitar. Well, let me watch him. Wow. And then I was like, well, I could do this shit. Yeah. And then instead of trying to learn somebody else's songs you heard on the radio or on a record, I wrote Friends Like You. And then I wrote My Life, you know? <laughs> so yeah. that's how that's how I actually started to really get into playing. I always, always loved music. 
like yeah. all kinds. You well, know, did my your dad and mom. Yeah, did your brothers you get know. you into hardcore and punk, or you found it yourself, kind of? Um, it, it was only I have three brothers. Yeah. Of course, Lou. Yeah. Steve is the oldest. Matt is the second oldest. Then Lou, and then I'm the youngest. And Steve and Matt, that was their crew. Yeah. They hung out, and me and Lou hung out. Yeah. And Steve and Matt, you know, this is we're, this is talking seventies into crazy. the eighties. Okay. Yeah. And they were into Rush. And they were into stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is cool stuff. And then my brother Matt said, oh, you got to check out this band. And it was Black Sabbath. And I was just like, this is fucking great. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, this is heavy shit. And then from there, me and Lou just kept, well, let's find something better. And Lou always found the best, the most extreme, the fastest, the most punk, whatever. And we were were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, And he always had money somehow. I don't know. I don't know how he had money. (laughs) And he always like bought records and stuff. I was like, cool. I was just like, listen to all the stuff he had. That's awesome. So then it, it, it was a no brainer to start a band together, obviously, because you both love the same music. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. obviously, we were always together. Yeah. You know? So, so d- I mean, you know, and our, we, we ran into Armand Starter coming to our high school, I think. Okay. In, uh, I don't even know what year it was. I graduated. I graduated in 80. Six or okay. eighty-five, I'm not sure, but he he was there yeah. before that, and it was crazy. It was like me and Lou were really into this stuff. Like, yeah, this is great music. And then we see Armand; he had hair down past his ass, Holy and he was shit. wearing a giant. He was wearing a giant black upside-down cross, and we were like, Damn. "This guy is cool." Especially so back we, then, that's crazy. Yeah, it was. He was. He didn't give a fuck. He was into what he was into. And the thing is, he wasn't into Satanism. Yeah. He was into pissing everybody off. Shocking, yeah. yeah. And that's what he did. I mean, just think of, say, that's 1983 or something like that. Yeah. And you see that in a, a high school in Queens. It's fucking crazy, where, dude. Where everybody's guidos. It's like an alien. Like, yeah, it's an alien sighting. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> this guy's cool. So we all started hanging out, you know. Wow. And then what about Richie Cipriano? Where did he come into the mix? Well all liking the same music in Queens, there wasn't tons of people. Yeah. So then, you know, you would see somebody at a, you know, a show. Hey, oh, that guy goes to John Bound High School and we went to Francis Lewis. Oh, mm-hmm. so we all just, we would always meet on the train on the way into the city. Yeah. You know, we, we take the seven train to the F train and then in, and those guys were at, what spot were they at? Corona, Corona Plaza? I don't know. 74th yeah. Street or something. We would always meet them somewhere over there. Yeah. It's crazy because, um, well, was the alleyway at a, at a school you guys actually went to or just the alleyway you guys hung out in? Well, the alleyway was kind of the midway point for like, we were in Flushing, Queens, me, Lou, Armand, Craig, yeah, and some other people, I can't really remember. Yeah. And Richie, Rob, and all those other guys were from Corona, so we'd meet towards the middle that's awesome and that was that was kind of like the middle spot yeah you know they would take the train in and we uh either walk or take the bus over to the alleyway and so and so how did craig get in the picture back then obviously he wasn't in the band yet he was a friend yeah he was a, just a friend but yeah. we, you know in queens and you know like in a when it was a small scene like that yeah everybody knew each, knew other. each other and you yeah. would always see everybody hey that guy's from our neighborhood he's going into the city to go to a show. So, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So then we just all started talking and whatever. So 
do you remember the first show you guys played was Sick of It All? And did you, when you first played, obviously you loved it, but because you're still doing it, we'll get to that. But do you remember your first show where it was? Yeah, yeah, it was in Long Island at the right, right track, track in. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, and wow. uh, I think it was Youth of Today, Straight Ahead, Crippled Youth, and us. Damn. I think, and Craig was the one who put us on the bill. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. That's and, crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was crazy. But that was before Richie or uh, Armand. That was with a kid named David Lamb. Okay. And Mark and Mark McNeely. Oh yeah, Mark. Yeah, Mark Goober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, but after that show, the, those two guys they didn't want to be in a band. They were like, yeah, whatever, you know. And you loved but, it. Yeah. 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 Because, and I still do. It's like. I know that same that same feeling that I got like yeah. this is fucking great. Yeah. Sometimes man. on stage, like just just we were just in Europe doing that persistence tour. Yeah. And it was the shows were huge. Yeah. And insanely well attended, and people were going nuts. And it was like I still like in the middle of playing, I feel it. I'm like, wow, this is the greatest shit ever. It's something that I would dream about. When I was sitting in school, like, God, I hate being in school, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like this fucking sucks. Imagine being in a band. How great would that be? Mm -hmm. And then I'm on stage and I think of that and it gives me chills. I'm like, yeah, this is fucking great. And, you know, know? yeah, you can you can see that and feel it with you, too. It never changed with you. You always give it 110 percent. Every time we see it, doesn't matter how many people there are not. You particularly everybody does. The whole band does. But you guys, you always you give it out, and I love that. I love that about it, and I, that inspires me because I'm just from your beginnings. It's crazy because I obviously worked with you guys as a roadie for a couple of years, like four years, and to get to be part of those those times when you guys were first playing, we did those crazy shows, yeah, like, new new Titans yeah. on the Block and shit. Fuck. Yeah, going to Japan, you know, stuff dude. like that. Weren't you were there the first yeah, time? Yeah, right? dude. Yeah, going to South that America '91 with you, going to Europe yeah. where Mark Med was driving the driving the van. It's <laughs> crazy, dude. That you, motherfucker don't ever leave his house anymore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, like, you just just like going to other countries and seeing people connect connect to you guys yeah. and seeing, like, that was insane back then. It was, like, kind of unheard of, you know, when it first started. But yes. it's like. It's, see, that's the thing. It's like you were saying. It doesn't. If Like, we're going to do a tour soon of a, an East Coast thing. We're going to play places like South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I know there's going to be 80 people at the show. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be sad because those 80 people want to see us. 100%. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's like, I don't have to go to work. I know. So this is my work and yeah. it's fucking great. I know. You know? Yeah. I know. It's like, how can you be sad? Obviously, people in the band will be, oh, there's only 80 people, but who gives a fuck? I know. You know? You do what you love. The you ne- have no bosses. You've been doing this for 35 years. Almost. It's like, yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing, man. And it's like we have no retire. There's no retirement plan. There's no 401k. There's none of that. Yeah. Shit. There's so much sacrifice involved. It's a gift and a curse. Like you love touring, but you hate leaving your family. You try to bring your family. And you try to yeah, balance yeah. everything, dude. It's just like, it's amazing though to for, for, to come this far for you guys and hardcore and everything. You just you probably never thought it would la- it would be this. It's crazy, man. It's See, my, my wife May May Ling always yeah. says she's like you guys should be so fucking proud of yourselves. Like she goes. Just think of you guys and Mabel and HUO. You're just guys that started something out of nothing. I know, dude. You know, and it's like now you have families 
and houses. I know. And it's a real career that you started. You wrote that song mm-hmm. that I'm not going to say that kid loves, that they're yeah. all grownups now and yeah. they have kids. Yeah. And it inspires them each day. Like if they have a fucking shit day at work, they're going to go throw on, you know, world full of hate or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to be like, oh, I remember that. And it's going to help them go through the day. Yeah. It's a, I mean, to this day at shows, people are like, yo, I don't want to like, you know, blow smoke up your ass or whatever, but you guys helped me through the worst times of my life. And what, and it's like, and I'm, and I'll be like, I know what you're saying because that's what music does for me. Exactly. You know? Yeah. When I remember I was going through a really horrible time of my life and all I listened to was, and out comes the wolves from Rancid. Yeah, and I would ride my bike around man. the city. I would ride from Manhattan to Queens and all the way back and all that shit, just listening to that. And that's amazing. Nothing mattered except yeah. music. Yeah. So that's fucking me. So when did you realize, Pete? When did you realize you want to do this for the rest of your life? When did you realize it was actually a career? Was there any that, moment? That's the, that's the thing. Is like, did, did you ever say like, okay, I'm going to make this my career? No. It just it just kept no. coming. Yeah. It just kept coming. And then after a while, like, oh, I actually am making a living at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like with Sick of It All, we're never like, okay, at this time of the, you know, at this point in our lives, we have to have this and this is going to be in place. It's just like, we're putting out a record. We're going to tour for probably two years and then we're going to put out another one. Yeah. I don't give it, and we don't give a fuck what label it comes out on. It's going to come out. Mm-hmm, no matter you what. Know? We, yeah. don't, we don't worry about like, well, what if they kick us off the label? Cool. There's another label somewhere. Mm-hmm. Don't matter. Yeah. You can't stop it, you know? Yeah. You but, can't stop rock and roll, motherfucker. You can't, especially because when you, <laughs> you do it so passionately and like, I feel like that's what fuels it. That's what f- the passion and, and the love for it is what con- makes it continue. And the fans can feel that and connect to it. That's why they know it's real and that's why there's longevity yeah, yeah. and that's why people keep coming because they feel it. It's not, you know, you don't hate each other. You're not on stage doing it for money. You, all, you obviously make a living. That's great. But, but you, you love what you're doing and that shows people can see through the real, yeah. see through that shit. You know, it's, like, it, it's not a, it's not an act. Mm-hmm. And the thing is on stage, I'm smiling because it's fucking great. Yeah. Being on tour, as you know, is fucking boring. Dude, the worst. It's super boring. Yes. The old, <laughs> I, I, I tell everybody this. It's like the one hour I'm on stage, it is the greatest time ever. All the other shit is like, Dude. okay, I got to get to the shower. I got to get back to bed so I could get up and I could go to the gym in the morning, do sound check, take a nap. And then get ready for the show. Yeah, those, 20, <laughs> those 23 hours are brutal. It's like survival. You have to eat, sleep fucking find food get rest before you play and then you play that one hour it's great after that it's just like fuck you want to go home you're facetiming your family it's yeah. there's a lot of downtime man a lot of downtime but yeah, that's why I, I, i've been trying to take lucy I with love me that. as much as I possible my max so now, too, yeah 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 it's it was funny because on the persistence tour you know it's freezing in europe and mm-hmm. raining and shitty all in, in the winter she's like dad this is boring this tour is really boring i was like yeah <laughs> I was like, but the shows are great. She's oh yeah, the shows are really good. She, and she loved all the bands like Booze yeah. and Booze and Glory and uh, yeah, uh, Walls of Jericho. She loved everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. But, and to, and to be able to do that too, and give the and give our kids that experience that we never we we got later on, but like we get to take our kids on tour and like see the world. That's way better than fucking yeah. school, man. That's it. Wow. That's what Lucy's teacher said. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have to take her out of school for like 12 days. And she was like, to go to Europe. She's not going to miss anything here. Yeah. 
but she's going to go to Europe and have the life experience of that. I was like, yeah. What grade she, she in? Uh, she's in first. Oh wow, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Anyway, so now we're <laughs> so so now we're parents and we're still playing music. We're fucking bringing our families on tour. It's amazing, and I feel like a lot of the values that we got from punk rock and how we grew up, we instill in our kids, and it's it's it, that's an amazing feeling too. You know, like you, you, you know what you know because um, just by seeing other people. I mean, look at me as a dad. Yeah. It's like if you're in Florida and you look like me, it means you you just got out of jail. <laughs> So you know, <laughs> so Lucy, Lucy always, you know, because at her school, everyone looks at me like, oh, what the fuck? But then they find out I'm, I'm in a band and then everyone's jocking you. Like, then they Google you and shit. To... Check out your YouTube. Yeah. Oh, oh, we saw you on yep. YouTube. It's like, yeah, yep. go buy a record. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but <laughs> but the, growing up, you know, the way we have and it's like Lucy was learning about Dr. Martin Luther King and she actually came home. This kid is just turning seven. She was like, he was a very brave man it's to awesome, put up with dude. all. The, I was like, hell's yeah, lady. <laughs> I was like, you got it. That's and the awesome. cool thing is she, she never says, you know, like, oh, the black kid. Oh, the Chinese kid. She would say, yeah, the kid in the red shirt. You know Fucking what I mean? Awesome, man. I, love I was like, that innocence, that's man. the way to do it. <laughs> I love the innocence of that, man. I love it so much, man. And we, and we, and, and our shit was always like, th- th- that's what I was talking to. Roger about today about how punk rock was like, you know, fuck your parents, anarchy in the UK, destroy <laughs> all this shit. And then punk hardcore was like, yo, let's try to fix this. Let's try to fix this world and make it better. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Even you guys were singing about that way back then. Um, it's amazing. And it's amazing how far it's come and how far those messages has transcended into like parents and every, and just shit, even with veganism and all that shit, how the world's fucking coming full circle with this shit that hardcore was screaming about 30 years ago. You know, it's. Yeah. It's yeah, fucking yeah. crazy. What, 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 go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, no. Go ahead. What, what, when did when did you when did you make the transformation of being so so not addicted but focused on working out because you weren't like that when obviously when I first met you obviously but there was this transition in you where you became yeah. I may start going to crunch you really get into fitness and you never stopped and and how do you maintain that like on tour? Uh, well before. The main reason I work out is so I could keep playing shows. And now that I have a daughter, just think when she's, how old is she going to be? She's going to be 10 years from now. She'll be 17. Yep. And I'll be 62 years old. Damn, it's crazy. So I'm going to want to be able to fuck some motherfucker up when I'm 62 true. years old. You true. Know what I'm <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and, so, keep up, and keep up with her and shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. It, it, Here's a here's a story. Lucy has a friend in school. She doesn't have a mom or dad, so her but grandparents are raising her. And the grand the grandma was talking. Well, you know, grandpa's getting up there. You know, he just turned fifty, and May, May was like, "Pete's fifty too." And she's like, "Oh, <laughs> that's crazy." So I thought that fucking guy was seventy or some shit. Wow. But anyway, I try. Like I said, at first, I was like, I really, you know, I love. Being in the band and you see what we do on stage, 100%. I won't be able to do that if I was out of shape and all yeah. fucked up and whatnot. Yeah. So I work out. I get up at 3.50 every morning, 3.50 a.m. Oh, to get shit. to the gym at 4 a.m. I work out till 6 a.m. I come home and I make Lucy's lunch and then I wake up Lucy and then I make her breakfast and then I take her to school. If I'm getting wow. ready for a tour, 
Yeah. I have a second workout at four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh shit! <laughs> that's that's if you're getting ready for tour to go into a double it. Wow. Dude. Yeah, yeah. And I say like if the tour is in Europe, I base my. T- <laughs> Everyone can think I'm crazy, but I base my timing on what time I'm going to go on stage in Europe because it's a known fact when you work out at a certain time each day, your body creates more energy for that time. So we usually go on at 10 p.m. ish in Europe. So 10 p.m. is 4 p.m. in the U.S. time. So I do some crazy cardio shit around 4 or 5 o'clock at night. That's amazing, man. And you stay on it. It's it's easy to maintain on tour for you, huh? Yeah, yeah. Especially because of the shows. The shows are like an hour and 10 minutes long. And it's like crazy cardio for an hour. You yes, know? yes. So, but uh, yeah. So, I, and in Europe, I have my, with the bus, I have my own weights. I have kettlebells. I have all that crap. Yeah, and I've seen that. They, they take me to a gym if I want to. Yeah. So. And do you feel any, do you feel any difference? Like, even though you're the best shape, I, I've never seen, I mean, you, you're in great shape for your age. Obviously, when you look at your age, but like, do you, do you feel anything different in your joints now jumping around at this age? Uh, my, my left knee, I fucked it up at a festival and it's never been the same. Oh, so I shit. had a, uh, an MRI done on it and they said that it's just like a tear in the meniscus, but I, I need six weeks off to get it fixed. <sighs> But we don't got six weeks off, so you don't. I holy. Does that give you grief on stage and stuff or no? No, I I don't notice it on stage. I notice it after, but not yeah. on stage because with all your adrenaline like shooting through you and whatever. Yeah, and it's you know you're like it's the funnest part of the day. So hundred percent. Wow, it's cra- it's crazy. Also, it's crazy. Like, like most of us don't even live in New York anymore. Everybody's all spread out, and it doesn't really matter where you live when you're a full touring band. You can live wherever you want, which is the amazing part. I love yeah, that. It, it, that. That's what's. It's like we don't really rehearse even before a tour. It's just like yeah, we. I say I, I'll write all my what's the set list and I'll just play it a few times. Yeah, run through it. But it, w- with us, it's with me definitely. It's just physical. It's like yeah, I got to work out a lot. Yeah, you know, just kind of training for it. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and then you usually fly by yourself out to the tours because nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm wow. old, unless my family is with me, I'm always by myself, and I got crazy flyer miles. Too. I'm it's sure. Do you like traveling by yourself? <laughs> you don't mind? Yeah, I, I'm so used to it. It's like yeah, you know, it's it's just something I do. Download yeah. a bunch of movies or whatever, and just do my own thing. Do you, could you imagine living in New York again? I, I still absolutely love when I go back to the city, I feel the energy, energy even yeah. if it's, even if there's, you know, it's just so passe, you know, with all everyone standing <laughs> around with, with yoga mats under their arms. It's like, yeah. cool. This yeah. is their time. Yeah. This is their time in the city. I had my time, yeah. but I still feel it. Even when we were going up to play with life of agony, Mm-hmm. Uh, before Christmas, yeah, and I was flying in into LaGuardia, and you fly right past the skyline, and I'm just like, yeah, damn! And you see all the lights, you're like, this is fucking great. Fuck. But man. I mean, if I if I ever, first of all, nobody has the money to move. No. Back. If I won not. the lottery and I moved back, my daughter would hate me because she has a front yard, she has a backyard, yeah, she has a pool, and the beach is one block away. So she'd be like, fuck yeah, that. fuck that. That's a great life, man. You know, and that's amazing. Like I'm tan all the time, man. You are, do you stay tan? <laughs> um, and it's awesome that life's from playing music, man. It's fucking crazy, and it's music that like wasn't even on the radio or television. Maybe a couple times yeah. here and there, but and and it's yeah. that's crazy, man. 
how and it's it's great because it's still no matter how big you know you played full force festival yeah you know you play this that's like eighty thousand people but still we are still underground music it's crazy man isn't that crazy it's, and it's great it's a pretty and, you know, amazing, like people yeah. that you meet like people at lucy's school or whatever oh yeah i never heard of you any and i'm just like cool <laughs> i'm glad you didn't oh it's like or for, or for like a stewardess or something we're going to some we're going to some europe or something and they say oh, what kind of music you play and i'm like oh what do you sound like i'm like well it's not as hard as metallica it's not as poppy <laughs> as green day and i don't yeah. you say hardcore they're like they don't you know they, ah. it's hard to explain yeah. to like a normal person in society yeah I always say, well, you take punk, you take metal, you put it together. Yeah. And they're like, oh, oh. I was like, it's real heavy. Yeah. That's all I say. But then they, you know, they look you up. Here's here's a cool story. I was <laughs> we I was flying to Colombia. Yeah. For some festival, and I was I was upgraded to first class. It nice. was great. So I was sitting I was sitting up in first class, and this lady just very rich lady. She was covered in diamonds and whatnot, <laughs> and she was talking to me. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in this band. This oh really? Oh oh, because it was a big festival. And yeah. It was, the government put it on. I'm sure you guys played it. And it was yeah, a free in Columbia. Show for, yeah, it's great. Yes. Yeah. Outside. It's a great, great, great festival. Yeah. So I'm sitting there talking to the lady, and then you know everyone's the word starts buzzing. Oh, there's a guy in a band. So everyone starts talking. Then this dude across the aisle from me goes, hey hey, rolls up his sleeve and he has the alleyway dragon tattoo. No way, dude. Yeah. In first class. And I was and I said to Olivia, see, look, that's my band. And she was like, oh, and then she took a picture with me. Holy shit. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. I love that running into the, the most randomest, normalest people too that might know. That's so cool, man. That's a great <laughs> moment. Holy shit. So I wonder how many people even have that fucking dragon. I was talking to Devil about it too, and like he was saying how Ducky has the first one behind his ear. And where it came from, and yeah, it's just yeah, a, it's yeah. just amazing, man. All that shit, like yeah, it's crazy how many people have it. It's like nuts. It's everywhere, man. It's uh, and um, I was talking. I guess the boost devil has like the most dragons, obviously. Um, <laughs> but an- another thing, another thing I want to talk to you about too is obviously people know and they don't know, but you wrote, you wrote. You wrote, obviously, My Love is Real and, and, and Five Year Plan. And it's because you guys, my band, got the start. Like, we used to always come on stage before you guys would play. It would be me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me, you, Armand, maybe Tim Ensign, maybe Isaac. You wanna, do you remember the story? You and me, we were, the band, we were touring West Coast with Rancid. You, yeah. we were, weren't we like in a minivan or something? Probably, yeah. Of, some shit like that. And Inti was with us. And you're sitting in the back and you were super depressed. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? You're like, yo, I got these lyrics and no one takes me seriously. I know my love is real. It's like a joke for everybody. But to to me, it wasn't, you know, it was fun playing it, but you were saying something. And remember, I was like, write more lyrics. When we get back to New York, we'll write some songs. I'll write you. I do remember this now, dude. Holy shit. And, And then, and then we put the, we, we said, okay, let's set up a rehearsal. And I don't remember who was it. It was you, me, Armand. I do else? remember this, dude. I don't know who was playing. Was it Maddie Boy? I don't know who it was, man. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember because for the book with Howie Abrams, I talked about it. That's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> that's amazing. And then we were the five-year plan. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, dude. It just And that was just like a joke. And for me, I was always watching you guys. I was playing. I was always on the side of the stage, diving, whatever. I was the worst roadie. I would fucking try to set the drums up. You guys took me everywhere, and I appreciate that. But, but, but that's the thing is, like, all we wanted 
was our friends to be there. I know. It was fun. And I know. All it is, it's about fun. Yeah, it wasn't about you your know? skills. You're like perfect tech. Yeah, perfect of course. Tech. I mean, look at look at our. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't even tune my guitar for like you know, fifteen years of being in the band unless <laughs> I had a, a fucking a tuner. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that you know, was. A, yeah, like, we had so much fun with you guys and seeing the world. And all. And I was like, yeah, I want to start a band, and you helped me out. And Fuck man, it's crazy. We did those tours. You get that sick of it all. Civ H two O tour for like six weeks through Europe and fighting with fighting with the bootleggers in Manchester, dude. Oh my god, dude. Oh, crazy, dude. The <laughs> the crazy riots at shows and Nazis at the Allentown and the New Titans on the Block tour with Separator, Sick of It All, Sacred Reich. That shit was crazy, dude. Yeah, Fuck, I, man. I, I don't want to keep bringing it up, but we, me and, because when we do the interviews for the book it's we're on the phone it's me lou and howie yeah he's recording it oh and he'll he'll give us a you know he'll say well what happened give us some ideas of things that went on on the new titans and and that allentown thing came up and that shit was crazy do they got videos of that still maybe holy shit man but the thing is even it was so crazy all i can remember is just laughing hysterically yeah even if we were like dead in it fighting with people do you remember it was the biohazard tour. It was at a club in Arizona called the Mason Jar. Yes. So Nazi And shit. there was one little black kid in the crowd. And when biohazard was on, everyone was fucking with him. That's right. So, of dude. course, we get on. We're like, oh, this shit's going to happen. So they immediately started fucking. That's where the riot tiny... happened? Holy shit. <laughs> he was like a tiny little kid. So I was like, fuck it. So I go into the crowd. And when I jump off the stage, I am much shorter than all the people that I'm jumping down into the crowd. <laughs> I was like, fuck. So then, you know, it just started happening. Everyone starts fighting. And it was a crazy riot. But the only thing I really see clearly is Jerry is up on top of a pool table holding a plastic beer pitcher. Right? Uh-huh. And he has it like he's ready to throw. And this fucking guy goes, motherfucker you better not fucking throw that and it seems like in a movie like when the music cuts out and everything gets silent <laughs> and jerry just looks at us and whips it at this guy's face oh, and, it's, <laughs> and it just goes like this it goes Bonk! and didn't do anything to the dude and it just bounced off his and then who knows what happened? Fucking chairs were flying everywhere. I remember, you remember seeing uh, Craig Shadow Shadow Boxer landed in the street. Oh shit! The did. police helicopter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We came out with ambulances. Like maybe the news was there. Some guy came out looked like he was a mummy, wrapped his head up. Yeah, he I, got fucked up. I remember Craig looked like he was shadow boxing at one point. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, dude, there was some that one, and then that Biohazard Sick of It All Sheer Terror show is insane. Insane. I mean. <sighs> You can't even tell the stories because it's, ah, dude, this is yeah. so many. Isaac was well, on tour with well, us and minus. We and... told him in the book, so okay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no holes barred. Dude, they go throwing like water at Lou from the stage, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Isaac comes up behind the guy, just disappears, and it's like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> Sketchy ass places. And like, yeah. oh, how, how didn't everyone go to jail? There was, no, there was no phones back then, nobody was filming anything. And you know, the funny thing is, is, don't you remember just laughing? Yeah. It was like this shit would happen and we would get in the van and just laugh and drive away. And it's like, it was like how not... the fuck do you do that? <laughs> it was like there's a riots going on and you're leaving. And those In the Kansas City, <laughs> the outhouse, those are sick shows out in that field with you guys. Oh, that shit. That was great. Dude, so many, un- like, 
just like new territory you guys hit back then before anybody else was hitting it up too. And I'm going to thank you that for two. Go ahead. But just think when you're playing the outhouse in Kansas in the middle of a field, but 700 hardcore fans yeah, would show up. Dude. Yeah. I don't like know dude. Yeah. How crazy is that? Fuck man. You know, there's like, all the Pretty way. good scene. Yeah, <laughs> you man, know? everywhere, and you didn't know it. To, you didn't know it till you get it because nobody was texting you. Yo, there's mad kids here at the show. Nobody had phones. It was just like you got you got offered a show, you go play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just there was, there was a flyer on a pole. People <laughs> no. showed up. <laughs> no. Now you have every social media outlet ever, and nobody shows up. <laughs> that, that's pretty. That's pretty interesting, actually, man. That's a, that's a good point, actually. How weird is that? You right? can promote that shit all day, every day about something you coming to a town, and it's like maybe because like, yeah, it's a Monday. I got work the next day. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so different now, and having like FaceTime and all this shit on tour is incredible. Especially if you're a parent, you get to. Yeah, yeah. It's so much easier touring, man. Now, man, back then it was just scamming phone calls in the offices at all the venues, and then MAD is saying, "Yo, you rent up a phone bill in Italy." <laughs> You remember doing that, making the calls? <laughs> you remember that time we, uh, we were at some youth hostel or some youth center with Snapcase? Okay. And uh, those guys used the phone for like five hours Holy after the show. Shit. And they were just sitting there calling all their friends and be like, what the fuck? Holy shit. That shit would <laughs> catch up with you too, man. We used to smash it on tour. Dude, there was so much crazy shit, man. Dude. See, the, that, the thing now is that, like, don't break anything. We got to pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like... <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And it wasn't like rock star shit throwing TVs out the window. It was just stupid random breaking shit. Yeah, and... it's like throwing oranges at each other yeah, or something like dude, that. Food fights and smashing bottles and fucking, dude. Yeah, fun stuff. But now we're like, eh, yeah, we actually paid for that, so let's not smash it. Yeah. It's crazy being older now too, and still touring, and just seeing how things changed, and all the younger kids coming, and then the older kids coming with their with their children, who they're they're turning yeah. your ba their band onto. Like, it's it's uh, on this last tour, Lucy made a friend and, from, uh, I think it was Belgium or whatever, and the girl spoke like five languages. So yeah, and we were like, damn, and the kid, her mom got her in, and her favorite band is H2O, first of all. Oh, shit. Her second awesome. favorite band is Sick of It All. And she came <laughs> she came to the show, and I was like, you know, Lucy's just started waving to her, and she was out in the crowd. So I said, fuck it, bring her backstage. So then I said, well, come to tomorrow's show, too, and I'll get you backstage and whatever. So they hung out, and it was it was great to see this awesome. girl. I think she's 11 or 12. Yeah. And all she likes is hardcore and punk. It's crazy. You know, awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. It's crazy because our kids obviously they're going to be around it their whole life, and obviously Max is finding his own music now, like newer death metal and newer hip hop. Yeah. But also, he grew up seeing all these bands, and he knows the bands' names, and he's educated about them. And it's pretty awesome to have our kids around that yeah. type of stuff. And, and, and it's age. like it's not like oh that, that's Roger, oh that's Uncle Roger. Exactly. Oh yeah, there's Uncle Craig. Yeah. Oh, there's Uncle you know Uncle John Joseph. You yeah. Know? <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since Max was young, John Joseph always got give Max a twenty dollar bill and say, "Hey man, this is for the swear jar. I'm gonna say a bunch of bad words right now, like the next ten minutes." <laughs> so we'd always give him fucking money, like always. It's, it's so cool. Just and all you know what I liked about it too, like going back east with Max and him hanging out with his uncles, and they give him like that New York kind of tough love, like not the yeah. like the Californias. It's a different vibe and different coast, but like the New York kind of like 
tough it up, man, whatever. I remember John <laughs> Joseph showing Max how to, like, hit cabs with snowballs and cabs with stuff. Oh, and, yeah. Dude. <laughs> Lucy loves those stories. She'll always be like, Daddy, tell me some stories about New York. Dude. You know, and, like, shit like holding onto a back of a bus. Yeah, skitching. When the, the, the skitching when there's <laughs> fucking snow in the street. <laughs> That shit is great. I know, man. We have so many <laughs> Growing cool up in New York was fucking great. <laughs> Fuck, man. What, what year did you leave there? 12 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and time flies, man. It time does, fucking dude. flies. Especially when like you have Lucy, kids. It's crazy, Yeah, Lucy's man. seven. She's seven years old. I'm like, what the fuck? And that's the thing. It's like, everyone's like, well, you know, you guys have been playing for 50-something years, or, you know, 30-something years. Like, when are you going to give up? It's like, why? Why would you? This isn't this isn't a job like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Where you're all you're working for is to retire. No. I'm just working for it to keep playing. Yeah. You know. Until you can't. Until the people stop coming. I always say, how long yeah, are you, yeah. you going to play for? Well, people keep showing up. We keep. You know. It's like. Yeah. And that's the thing is that the last tour we did in the U.S. was great with us and Murphy's Law. Oh, it was there. It was like, one of the best. One of the best New York Harker shows I've ever seen on a fucking weeknight in L.A. Yeah, Sold out. Yeah, amazing yeah. show. I was so happy for you guys. It was fucking yeah, awesome. It was great. Because New York, because uh, America could be fickle. It could be on and off. You never know what to expect. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know you go to Europe, but it's going to be banging. The South America is going to be sick. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. it was yeah, great, and, uh, We just, we went back to Japan. We, we weren't, we took like seven years off from going to Japan. We, did, we haven't been there like nine but, years. What was it like? Yeah, but if you guys go back, you will sell out every single night. It was and awesome. That's what we did it, almost yeah. in advance. Every night, which we were just like, "Fuck, this is great." How long ago did you go? Recently? Uh, last maybe two years ago. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the guy's last. name. I need to figure out who to go back with. That sounds awesome. It's but been it, so long. Not to talk business. Maybe you could cut this out, but he gives you low guarantees. Yeah. But he pays you when you sell out That's very great. well. Yeah, good door deal. So, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, because he's he's nervous. It's like fuck. I'm flying these guys over. And of I'm course, paying for it's all expensive. This shit, yeah, but no one shows up. Yeah, yeah. it's but, expensive. That's fucking. Awesome. That's good to know. I would definitely because Japan, the early days yeah, going to Japan was surreal, a different world, man. It was. Yeah, but it's like just to think of these people, and that now they have kids. They base their entire lives off of music that you. Myself, Roger, John, the Bad Brains have created, and they crazy man. Their clothing, their shoes, their hair, yeah. everything is based off of something that Toby Morris, <laughs> Pete Kohler, and Lou Kohler, and Armand it's, came up in their heads, dude. You it's know, so wild, Isn't that man. Crazy? It's totally crazy, man. It's it's. You know what's cool about this reminiscing now? We're not reminiscing about something we used to do. It's something we still do. That's what's fucking yeah, awesome yeah. about it, dude. It's not like all yeah. oh, the olden days. Nah, dude, you're creating new days now. You're still touring and getting new fans and seeing new things. And now you yeah. now, now 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 your kids are seeing it through. They're seeing it. You know, you see it through their eyes because you've been to all the churches in every fucking country. But it's yeah, cool. Yeah. It's cool to bring them out to it and show them they're like. It's so yeah, cool doing definitely. that, man, and being able to do that because some people can't do that in a regular job. Just take your kids with them to work and shit. You can't of course. Do that. Like, or even to you know, like people, they go on, they get in the states, they get two weeks off a year, and they're gonna, well, I'm gonna stay home and fix up the house. You know, I'm gonna take yeah. some time out and do this. All I tell people is you have to travel, and I'm not saying go to the Bahamas. I'm saying go to some place that you've never thought of going to, you yeah. know, go to Ireland, yeah. go to, you know, Germany, 
Yeah. And, you know, the, all the people around here, they're like, really? I, I don't know. Those places, they're so different. It's like, but it's great to be different. It's great to see something different. Yeah, people are scared you know? to, like, leave their own town sometimes. It's kind of sad that some people maybe even step on an airplane their entire life or leave their fucking yeah, city. Yeah. You <laughs> know, we, we know a guy from Daytona. We, he was one of the first people we ever met. Uh-huh. This motherfucker never went to Orlando. Okay. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. This guy is straight up Florida. He's fucking nuts. But <laughs> wow. I mean, to each his own, whatever, but like, there's yeah, so yeah. much shit. I mean, he there. loves it. I know. You know, I'm just like, and he won't have any idea what, like, what Denmark is. You know, he's like, I don't know what the fuck that is. It's crazy <laughs> that some people spend like, they spend thousands of dollars to go to college to learn how to communicate with other uh, other people and other cultures, and they study all this shit, and then they might not ever go. Anywhere. And we just went out there and just and just play and you just meet people that speak different languages, and they connect yeah. you by your music and your message and your lyrics, and that's how you meet people, and that's all these that's how that's what's so special about these fucking communities that we're they're part yeah. of everywhere. It's fucking. Look, um, I know you were there. It was one of the a, a show in Argentina, and it was like. For one of the first times, the, I went with you guys. Yeah. Do you remember when the the guys from Slayer came backstage, Tom? I I might have actually yes. And, but 91 it was like such a, such a sick show, and it was like, this is a story that I, I told <laughs> just the other day. We played a show in Connecticut, and it was kind of when the scene was kind of real shitty and okay. dismal, and people would be like, only play the first record, you know, stuff oh, like God. that. And there was like 90 to 100 people at Toad's place. Okay. You remember that place? Yep. And it was really, you know, we still did our thing. We had fun, but it was still a little disheartening. Totally. It happens. The, yeah. the next week we fly to Argentina and there's 3,000 <laughs> people at the show. <laughs> Not one person spoke English, but everybody sang every single word That's of amazing, every song. Dude. I love that. And I remember like we're fucking going for it and people are diving over the drum set and Lou turns to me he goes this is why I'm in a fucking band that's amazing and I remember him saying that and then I just got goosebumps all over my body and <laughs> stage dove into the crowd or whatever the fuck yeah dude it's, it's crazy man it, yeah cause you could be playing in the US anywhere and it could happen it could happen to any of us it's happened to us and then you go to your it's just different yeah. man I feel like I don't know maybe because America's been oversaturated with stuff I don't, I don't know what it what happened or what but there's different pockets all throughout America that had some really great fucking shows and great tours. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, the last U.S. tour we did, it was great. Yeah, it was a, it was really great. Having Murphy's Law with us, first of all, I love Murphy's Law. I love them too. They are great. They bring fun wherever the fuck they go. Agreed. You know, we played the masquerade on a, I think it was like a Tuesday night. And we were like, that's how the tour was starting. Oh, shit. And there was 600 people. Or 400 people, whatever. And they went off because Jimmy (laughs) made them go off. And then they just went crazy when we played. And he did that every night. Yeah, And I was just like, wow, this is great. And I think it was, you know, the sick of it all Murphy's Law billing that made a lot of people like, hey, let's go check this out again. I remember these guys. 100%. And Jimmy, man. Gotta give Jimmy props is like one of the best inter not not just a from an entertainer a fucking comedian. Yeah, a, he is an absolute entertainer, dude. He's great, he's incredible, uh, man. Flawless, always on point, so witty, um, charismatic. <laughs> like he could just, dude. Yeah, yeah he, he's great. He's one of the greatest. That's what I said. Man. I was like, can't we always tour with Murphy's Law? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
I mean that that was one of the first tours we got taken on in '96. Was like a real first like U.S. tours with them, and yeah, man, Adam went from being a Krishna to getting lap dances. That's that's how his life began with, <laughs> with fucking everything changed for Adam Blake on that tour for Murphy's Law. But they brought so much fun and excitement, and Rapbones yeah. was on the tour, and dude, and, and there's, there's so many characters that we know that like I have we have friends we've known for 30 years. I, we probably don't even know their real names. You only know their nicknames. Or like yeah. most, most of the people I don't know their last I don't know a lot of people's last like their last name. It's like what the fuck is their last oh, name? Oh shit! It's cr- and just the characters and like these amazing people that it is like they really exist and it's and it's and they I don't know it's like they don't just exist exist in our own world. This because when they go back home, like they have local friends, they have normal people in their lives, but to us they're like these characters. It's just like I don't know, man. It's incredible, man. I don't know if that's only in hardcore. I don't know if it's like. And I, I, I that, go ahead. Yeah, there has to be like a, a parallel universe with of another type of music. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, hardcore is its own beast. You it know? is, dude. And it's like I feel like I don't know if people like got into metal in the '80s and they're, they're still metalheads and still got a bunch yeah, of values from that. Yeah, they yeah. live like we do because we're still kind of big me- kids. One one thing I know about metal fans is they are super loyal to 100%. the end yeah i know that yeah you remember like you know you know you play all those metal fests Dude. and it's like damn these people will stand from the first band all the way till midnight to the last band you're like god damn that's very true that's yeah. very true but there's something also special about hardcore that obviously keeps us young like you said you work out all the time at your age think about the motherfuckers who are your age that you graduated from high school i'd love to see what they're doing and yeah. what they look like not judging but are they in the same shape as you and they, are they still and you're just playing no. music i don't know if it's hardcore just keeps you so young man it's yeah it, it is it's music and it's the freedom in our lives yeah we got freedom it's like mm-hmm. like what, what do you have to do tomorrow uh nothing Whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I have to do? I'm putting on a, 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 a birthday party. I have to make sure that the two bouncy houses are here on time. Yeah. And that's it. And I have to make sure that Lucy has the greatest birthday party. And that's all I got to do. So there's really no reason to not be a positive person in the band. It's like I was talking to all week. I've been talking to people like there's no reason to be like we have the best lives when you when you when you're your own boss. You have no. You make up your own yeah. rules. You can go play a show, make money, come home, stay with your family. And when you're home from tour, it's pretty much your off time. Obviously, we do other hustles, but like, dude, yeah, you just sit around. Dude, <laughs> it's so fucking crazy. And and that's all from just punk music. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember cutting school once, and I was just like hanging out in my house. And I was like, wouldn't it be great if I had a job that I didn't have to do anything? <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of came true. It's... I could just stay home. <laughs> what do you mean? What, what was the last job you had? You remember? Probably like working at concrete. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that guys. was probably it. Yeah, we used to make that's a long time ago. Long time. I remember you guys on Relativity used to go to Relativity with you guys. Hans Hader yeah. worked there. I think Howie worked there. Getting CDs. Yeah. We used to hustle CDs from to Second yeah, Coming Records. The the hardcore hustle, dude. I'm like, I'm like, fuck. Toby got here already. Shut up. I remember that's how I met you. I gotta make, I gotta make, gotta make it to the other place quick. <laughs> Second coming generation, dude. I remember meet. That's I can't wait to get Isaac on it, but we're gonna talk this week. But I remember actually meeting Isaac. He used to sell us CDs. He worked at Relativity. I worked at Roman. We used to meet there on Fridays, and a bunch of like <laughs> punk rock kids were selling their CDs. It was fucking nuts, dude. That's the hardcore remember, hustle. Re- remember when you stole all those Motorhead box sets? 
That shit was crazy. I did. I did. Really? <laughs> the, the first thing they said was like, Toby, make sure you, no one takes these fucking things because everything disappears out of this room. And they were like, they were really nice. And you took, you left like one on the shelf. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> that was real funny. And then you go down to Bleaker Bob's, they have them there. You go to fucking all these places. No, it's so crazy. We, I'm going to get into this with Rizak, too. We used to call the lady in advance and say, what are you looking for? Yeah, what do you need? And then we bring it to him <laughs> fries. We make so much cash. Dude, that's so hey. fucking nuts. And then Poss used to let us come up to Epic, and he'd give us mad CDs up there, too, man. Like, <laughs> fuck, it was just survival, man. Survival of the CDs yeah. is fucking... The, the hardcore hustle. Are you guilty yeah. of selling CDs, too, Pete? Of course. <laughs> I lived in the city. That's right. Dude, your <laughs> I house is a lot of money to live in the city. Yo, your house is like a safe haven too. I mean, we always roll up to your house of like something happened. We run bring in your buzzers and you let us come to the house and hang out. Dude, oh my god, man. Like you your, your pizza apartment was like prime downtown LES by everything. And Pete really yeah. didn't, you, you would come out and hang sometimes, but you chilled. But we'd always be hanging out. We'd come to see Pete and ring all the buzzers <laughs> if he wasn't home or Dude, how many years? Remember, you when Isaac, remember when he's like, remember when he's like, read up that guy in on St. Mark's, but at some t-shirt place. Yes, Do you remember that? Yes, yes. There was some kind of beef happened in Washington Square Park, and he came to a the few crib weeks before that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, saw the guy in there, beat the guy up, and then he runs to my house. <laughs> <laughs> There's like sirens and police coming in every direction so yo let me in let me in oh my god dude that's <laughs> fucking crazy dude downtown was just so crazy back then because we'd just be hanging out with a boom box hot summer nights hanging out like i didn't have a band i think maybe mabel had a seven inch out he's like didn't have crown of thorns you guys always yeah. were established we hang out the pizzerias on 8th street just like watching people it was just yeah, a just, just smell in the air it's just wow sitting sitting on the on the stoop on a friday or saturday night was the best and that's all you had to do you had to sit there because you would walk by, Tim Shaw would walk by, yeah. John Joseph would come over, <laughs> Siv, Siv would walk by. Yeah. Yo, once we were we were hanging out on the corner. I I think you were with me, so it was let's say it was you and me. We're standing on St. Mark's and First Avenue, and yeah. we're sitting there hanging out talking. Then Siv comes walking up. Hey, what's up? I'm talking to Siv. Then John Joseph comes walking up. Then Richie Birkenhead comes up, and we're all Jesus. sitting there talking on the corner. It's in the middle of the day. And then this hardcore kid from Germany comes walking up, and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he, was, he was like, you guys really do just hang out in the city. This is like real New York hardcore. Oh, like, yeah, so he sure. probably made his whole fucking life. That's crazy, man. Oh, and Freddie worked. we were all just like, you know, whatever, bullshitting. And then Freddie worked at San Loco. I mean, people used to always hang at San Loco and shit. That was the spot. <laughs> dude, Wawa Hut, fucking dude. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> dude, so much. That's 100 years ago. How many years you lived in the city? Because I remember me and Moon, we lived, we moved That's around awesome. the corner from you, dude. It was crazy. Yeah. And you guys lived with me for a while. That's when you right. didn't have that place. That's right. Me and Moon lived Everybody there. lived in that apartment. Oh, dude. And this, and this, and this before, dude, I'm, on, I'm, I'm talking to you, too. I get to 1%. I'm 114. I don't give a fuck. You, okay. um... Dude, you thanks thanks to you, you were dating you were dating Moon's friend, and you brought me to Chicago with you because you were hanging out with yeah, her, yeah. and I got to go hang out with Moon, and so that I really appreciate that. And that me, me, <laughs> Moon's on my podcast too, but I met Moon in 1992 at a Sick of It All show in DC. That's where I yeah. first met her. She came to a couple.
comic shows out there. But you, you, you got my ticket to Chicago, and I appreciate that. I got to hang out Moon, so thank you for that. Yeah, you it's still fucking... owe me three hundred bucks for the ticket. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> okay, I'll send you some freaking flyer miles. Um, that's right. Moon lived down there with you. Fuck, dude. I mean, Moon lived with Siv. It was just yeah. crazy, man. The fucking... That's what. Remember, we would just walk over to Siv's apartment, and he would practice tattooing on us. Yeah, I got tattooed there. Holy shit, that was on Avenue B, right? Yeah, yeah. I still got that like sort of thorn thing around my neck. I never had it retouched. That was from just... him? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> he did my alleyway crew and it's kind of slanted, but it looks great. I love it. I did it at his apartment. Holy shit. Getting <laughs> tattooed at Peter Tattoos in Long Island with Cindy. Shout out to Cindy. Yeah. Dude, yeah. all of our first tattoos oh we got done there. I'm, Squirm told me the other day he took me out to get my first tattoo, but dude, we yeah, always go I got my first. I got my first tattoo out there also. Well, how do we end up at Peter Tattoo in Deer Park? It seems so far away, but I don't know. I remember it was like, uh, uh, like if okay, uh, hey, John's going to go get a tattoo. Twenty people would go. Oh, that's right, Devil. Yeah, holy you know, shit, like, you're uh, right. <laughs> yeah, fucking Long Island, just getting tattooed, and and uh, yeah, Chris Garver out there getting tattooed, and but yeah, yeah Sid was tattooing his apartment. That's fucking nuts, man. So unsanitary, but we did it. Um, yeah. Hey. And walk, so we, hey. can, we can walk to the Continental to CBs from everything from your crib, and then obviously our crib. Yeah. <clears> on Fifth Street. Fuck. So even if we move back there, one we couldn't afford Manhattan, and two Brooklyn's even more expensive. And what what's really kind of untouched, I heard, is Queens. Nobody's really moving out to Queens because it's too far. Yeah, it's pretty far. But, but we could uh, probably get a cheap crib out there now, probably less than a million bucks for a crib in Queens, maybe at this point. I don't I know. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But they're say, they're saying like the rents in Manhattan is way more cheaper than Brooklyn now too, which is totally insane. Yeah. But you know, if I win the lottery, you know. Yeah. Like a five hundred million dollar, yeah, I'll, I'll get an apartment there. A hundred percent. But right now, I mean, where we're living is we all, yeah, it's just, it's just right different now, times I'll just, too. I'll, I'll just hang out. Yeah, d- exactly, different times. Dojo just it's closed like, down. You know, I I love living there because, like you said, Continental's there, Seabees is there. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Coney Island High is over that way. Yeah. You know. So. Fuck. Well, we, we talked about a lot. I'm psyched about your book. Actually, I just realized now since you mentioned that to me that how it hit me. You know, Pete, stay, Pete, stay right there. One second. Um, yeah, yeah. How he mentioned it hit me up about being on getting an interview for that too. One second, Pete. I'm sorry. Hang out. Yep. Yo, Pete, sorry about that. Yeah, Howie, uh, I realized that I got a text from Howie about a book. That's right. I'm going to be in that shit. That's fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you should. It's it's just fun. So it's just All about the, brothers uh, being in band. Did you guys, like, well, it's just, it's just, yeah, yeah. See, like, everyone's books are like, yeah, you know, I grew up in the street. I came from a broken home. And yeah. all those books are great. Our book is about, we came from a, a working class loving family. You did. You know, and... Lou and I love music. Yes. And it was always a part of our life. If it's from my father's listening to CBS FM, the doo-wop shit, yeah. or my mom's French music with Edith Piaf and stuff like that. Yeah. We still love it, you know? And it was like, it was still music. And then the radio was always on. Awesome. Always. And we always listen. And it's a huge, it, it, like my wife, Mei Ling, she loves music too and it's like yeah. there's a connection like that like we like anything you know i love the, that the Dude, radio is always on here you know i think you even went to hip-hop clubs with us back in the day maybe 
Yeah, yeah. She, oh, she's no, you she do too. No, you do, you came with us too. She had nothing to do. Yeah, she had nothing to do with hardcore at all until she met me. But you went to hip hop shows with us, clubs with us too. I remember that too. Oh yeah. And yeah, I remember Lou's girl worked at the Ritz, so we always we always went to Ritz shows, no matter what it was, hip hop, yeah. punk rock. It was so awesome. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I was great getting into shows for free. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously having your brother band for me too. I know because my brother's in my band, but not anymore. But when he was, you know, we definitely bumped heads here and there because we were brothers in a sense. You know, I'm sure he had ups and downs yeah, for sure. Of course. But nothing is going to break it apart. I love that. You man. know, like yeah. the band, it's like, you know, this guy's going to argue about this, this and this. And then it's like, okay, let's, let's move ahead and we'll just fix it. And because you can't stop. Yeah. You know, it's always like, you know, like, like we said before, people, well, when are you guys going to retire? It's like, we, I still have a family to take care of. Exactly. Know? And it's like, okay, let me retire from the band and let me go get an entry level job at the age of 52. Word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. so my boss is going to be 18 years old. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. Did you? So, okay, what have, what have you been doing for the last 30 something years? Well, I was in a band. I'm like, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, it doesn't help. Um, <laughs> what uh, Did you ever feel like quitting? No, never. 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 Taking a long break? No, no. I mean, if, if, I, if we sit home too long, I get antsy. Yeah, me too, actually. You know? Yeah. So it's like. You know, I do like like the day before leaving for tour. I'm like, I don't want to go. Me too. You know? And then once you get there, you're stoked. Yeah, I, I you know, get on the plane. All your stuff is checked in. Cool. And then it's tour time. Exactly. Know? I hate the process of like, maybe it's because the more I just getting to the airport, going through security, all that just stressful, man. I just yeah, yeah, pure stress. I always say I wish they had like in Star Trek the. Uh, they could beam you to places. I love that too, man. I love that. They'd be like, okay, what we going at nine thirty? Beam me in at uh, nine fifteen. I'll get right over there. Do you do you love you traveling? Know? Like flying? I like I like being places. Yeah, me too. I don't like getting there. Yeah, you know, it's dreadful. Traveling, man. it's brutal. Something it you know, is, flying dude. home from Australia. Dude, Ugh. do you sleep on planes? <laughs> uh barely. Like I, I I pass out. I don't like. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna take a nap now yeah it's hard it's like, man like armand he'll like yeah i'm gonna sleep boom he'll sleep for the entire flight like damn so jealous of that i could never do that man i just it's yeah it's hard i have man. to get up i have to walk around yeah you know i have to go do stuff <laughs> and then eating in the plane just like just just all that travel stuff it gives me but once i'm there yeah once you're there get you pick out your bunk you're on the bus whatever you're ready to go yeah. it's just like that's the best it's like here's my new little house you get into your bunk Everything's dude, I cool. love that, dude. I love sleeping on buses. If you haven't ever slept on a bus, people listening, it's it's incredible, man. Just shakes you to sleep, yeah. man. It's it's so. Yeah, it's the best. Waking up in different cities and different countries every day, like it's fucking. It's definitely it's, definitely a great life, and I appreciate everything about it. And when I say I appreciate it, I really appreciate the people that support the bands. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like I might have been complaining before. Yeah, uh, 80 people showed up in South Carolina. But thank God those 80 people came to the show. I love that, man. I you love know? that. And, and you can like, see that. I can see that. And you, I, you've, like I said, I'm not blowing smoke, but you you always give it 110 percent. I've never seen you have a bad show. I've never seen your band sound untight. I never seen you guys not kill it. And I never seen the energy levels below 100. And I, I, and I know that's because you guys still love and you're passionate about what you do. 
I, I can yeah. see it shines through. Obviously, obviously, people people in all bands get angry or negative or complain about shit. But in the grand scheme of things, it's like they know they know what they got and they love it and they appreciate it. You can you can people can see that they can read that. You know, it's like yeah, I I always see like say like if you see a bigger band and like there's interband beef and then they break up. It's like yeah, don't you know how great you have it? Yeah, it's like yeah, I have I have a friend who's a, a doctor. And he makes crazy money and this and that. He would give up his job in a second to go in a van and tour the United That's States. Crazy. But being in a fucking band. It's crazy. You know? People say that all the time. Like, oh man, I love, I love. Like, if I meet a friend, like, oh, I love what you do. I respect you. You're a fireman. You're this and that. That's cool. I respect. Thanks, thanks for your service. Nah, man, thanks for your service. You, you, you know, you're making that music and spreading the message. I love, to, I love to do what you're doing. It's like, it's interesting. People like, yeah, yeah. looking on both sides it's, of it. You know, it, it feels weird. Like. A, a kid from the, and he was a kid from the Marines came up to me and was thanking me for doing, for being the band, you know, wow. for inspiring him. I'm just like, dude, it's like, you're risking your life. It's, it's cool to run into, mil- it's cool to run into, into <laughs> military people who like listen to your music and get them psyched over there. And just people yeah. in different walks of life and different careers that listen to your, it's fucking cool. Run marathons, listening to your band. It's just, it's just, cause you don't think about that. You, you're living in your own kind of world. Like now you're home, you're, you're, your husband and your dad, you with you with your daughter, and you just living your life. And you know, you go out, you play on stage, you connect with the audience. But those people go home to their families too, and they put on your records or listen to in the car. You don't even think about that, like how far it transcends. It transcends. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking wild, yeah. man. It's like, it's like that's this, that's what I was saying before when May was like, you guys should be really proud of yourselves. You know, you know, it's like music that Hoya wrote inspires yeah. people to get up every day and I like, know, I hate my fucking job. But I got, you know, my daughter needs new shoes. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to that shitty job and fuck it. I'm going to do it. That's what I said. Yeah. I, I respect the working man and people that work, people that hate their like hate their yeah. jobs and they work just to put food on the table. And we're lucky to, to love our jobs and barely put food on the table. But we still love it. I'd rather be doing what we're doing with no retirement plan to be happy because it's yeah. happy to me is not just it's not it's not money. It's like you said, it's like inspiring people and and just loving living and being here. And it's like yeah. we get to do that and at our, at our own rules. Like you guys say, my life, my rules. It's it's truth. It's it's. Yeah, Fuck. I hear you. <laughs> well, Pete, thank you so much for your time. I'm so psyched about the book. It's it's way overdue. You guys have a book about you and your brother. I think it's fucking awesome, man. Howie Abrams is a great person to do it. So that's super yeah, cool. He, it's it's actually really fun. Sometimes I just find myself just listening to Lou tell stories. Is, is it I'm feel, like, oh is, shit, I'm supposed to talk too. Does it feel therapeutic <laughs> hearing these stories? Are they re- re- reminiscing? It helps stuff? me remember yeah. things. Because yeah. I'll remember something, but Lewis, he saw it from a different angle. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Sometimes you have so. selective memory and block out things, too. Like, I'm realizing that, too, with talking to people. Like, with my brother and my mom. Just certain things you don't remember. Not for not particular reasons. Not on purpose. But, like, fuck, man. You think we remember yeah, yeah. a lot everything, but. Yeah. But it, it's it's definitely fun. And you should talk to Howie. It'll be fun. Yeah, I definitely want to talk to Howie, man. And, um. I think we covered a lot of things. I'm sure we're going to cover a lot more stuff in your book, too. It's super cool. when's, it, when's it supposed to come out? Oh, I, I do not know. But, uh, I mean, we're only, what are we, uh, discography-wise, we're only getting to when we're signing to Fat Records. Oh, shit. So, but, you know, that's just the, the you know, the recording parts. The, you know, there's stories about tours. Yeah. There's stories there was, you know, he, we had to tell the story how my mom and dad met, it's awesome. you know, how he's awesome. flying to my parents' house 
to interview them about to talk about me and Lewis kids. Damn, that's awesome, dude. That's so yeah, it's, cool. It's, it's man. like it's like a real it's our entire lives that, yeah. that is going to be in the book. And that's the thing was like, if I was ever a dick to you, I want you to tell them like, yeah, this one day he was a fucking dick, like an arrogant <laughs> <Yeah>. asshole. <laughs> yeah. You know, because yeah. everybody is once in a totally, while. Totally, man. We're not perfect. And yeah. then now that I'm a grown up and I actually think I am a grown up, that yeah. I feel sorry for being a dick to anybody, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. So. But do we, do we ever really grow up? No, music keeps you <laughs> crazy. Does. I'll sit there and watch these fucking guys backstage. Like these guys are these are not men. These are like actual children. <laughs> That's so true. And they're like fighting over God knows what. Talking about someone being bald. Who gives a Oh fuck? my god, Craig and his bald committee bullshit. Um I'm gonna talk to him about that in a couple weeks when we get some podcast. Yeah, it's crazy because it's almost like you didn't really have to obviously we have kids and mortgages and we drive to school and like we're adults but when you're on tour it's it's a different reality dude you just be oh, big com- stupid kids complete, you could turn into an absolute like just a moron and, and there's no responsibility but one hour a day of your yeah, whole day and you just and you laugh and you laugh all the time but i also feel like, like it's because we're not in normal society of every day you know nine to five stuff where we didn't have to yeah. grow up be around the responsible adults. It's in a, it's a weird thing, but we are responsible, but I don't know. It's... Yeah. Yeah. We, we have the same responsibilities as others, but our job keeps you above, you know, it keeps you positive. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I was coming home. I, I flew up to New York for rehearsal and we rehearsed in Jersey city. And I stayed at my brother's house in long Island and Craig drove me each day. They'd be there for like four days. Wow. It took us like fucking three hours to get from Jersey City to this one. It wasn't even far. And I was like, these people do this every day. Dude. So they rush home to so they could get to bed so they could rush back to work so they could rush home to get to bed to rush back to work. It's crazy, man. And I'm just like, no wonder people are angry and like alcoholics and shit. I know, so lucky, man. And I don't want to say luck or blessed because people are, but obviously dues were paid for all, all of the bands. Everybody paid their dues to get where they're at, but it is a blessing to still be able to do what you worked hard for, too, I think. See, you know? and that's the thing. It's like, we're very lucky. We're very blessed, but we had the fucking guts to do something yeah. that you loved. Yeah. A lot you of know sacrifices, how hard it's man. like, hey, mom, mm-hmm. I, I have a college degree, but I'm going to be in a band called Sick of It All. <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah, we put out a demo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did spend $10 million on college, but I'm going to put out a demo. That's crazy. And I'm going to bank everything on that. Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy. Like, we took, took the chance to do it. We're like, fuck, you have no idea what the ending's going to be, but just doing it and living. I, I love that, man. I think that's. That's the punkest thing you could ever do is be against the grain like that and just do what you want to do. I think it's yeah, hell's yeah. And we're fucking. I think we're living proof that it actually works when you put your mind to something and believe in something. You're passionate about something. Um, yeah, that's what I. I just tell Lucy. I'm, I always tell her. I said, please, do not be the worker. Be the boss. Yeah. Whatever you love to do, be the best at it, and have people come to you. Okay, don't ever be a follower. I love that man. You know, and that's a, that's that's. I think it sums up this whole interview, man. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> it was awesome to catch up with you. <laughs> I can't wait to read the book, dude. I'm gonna hear some crazy shit in there too. It's fucking. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. I'm gonna phone with Howie soon. That's exciting. Um, 
Hoping not. And see you still see you in a couple weeks out here too for Muse Inc. That's gonna be awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, gonna be a fun show. You be out for a couple of days or just the one show? No, I always I in and fly out. in as late as possible. I yeah. play the show and fly out as early as possible. I like that. In <laughs> you know, out. I gotta make my daughter's lunch, you know, True. by Monday, so I gotta <laughs> get back. You know what else is crazy too is that transition from being on tour and then coming straight home to back to reality. Like, say you get home on a Sunday night, next day you're waking up the next morning, you're making the making yeah, the breakfast, driving to school back to reality. And 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 you're waiting on the school line to pick up the kids and everyone's well. How was your weekend? Well, I played in front of ninety thousand people two days ago. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy that 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 transition of it. Yeah, it's fuck man. It's nuts. It's it's, but it's like to me, it's it's just like cool. All right, that's cool. There's that's why I really love sharing that life with Mei Ling and Lucy. Yeah. So they could all be like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's like, there's the, it's, and it's like, it's like, I know at first at my son's school, we were like the tattoo weirdos at the school too. Everybody got to meet us and know we we're like cool and normal, but they didn't know what to expect. What do you do? Oh, I'm in a band, I'll play punk or this or that. They still don't get it. I don't even care if they get it, but yeah. it's just, it's just in, the, yeah. in that normal, that normal society that we live in, you know, it was still, outcast even as grown adults as parents and was still great parents and raising amazing children but in the eyes of the society and probably the school board and the people like these guys are fucking freaks even though the oh, shit yeah, they yeah. were singing about and living about is trying to help to make a better fucking planet you know what i mean it's like it's yeah. never understood and, but hopefully they see it through max and they see it through yeah. lucy like oh, yeah because Lucy is a very well liked kid at school yeah, because nice she's too. she's kinda carefree. Yeah. You know, she's kinda like she doesn't you know, she dresses the way she wants to. Yeah. Know? She's not she doesn't dress super girly, but she is a, a girl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But she still dresses the way she wants, you know. She wears ties and stuff to school. Love that. You know, you know she's doing her own thing. And awesome. and all of her friends are like girly girls, but they're just like, Oh yeah, Lucy's cool. You That's know, awesome, because, man. You know, fucking awesome. Well, uh, thanks for talking to Pete. I love, I love and appreciate you in my life. Everything you did for me when I was young, when I first moved to New York, and taking me on your wings, and even like all the tough love I talked about that with Devil, like the ball breaking, not so much from you, but the ball breaking from all the New York dudes to me, like giving me that tough love, giving me like a thicker skin. But it was all out of love because one second they're breaking your balls, next second they have your fucking back, no matter what for life. And I love that about yeah, the yeah. New York family, and I appreciate yeah. you writing the, the songs for H Two O and believing in me and taking me on the road and just because I was your friend, not because I had any fucking skills. We know that. <laughs> but, um, and I'm so proud of you where you guys are at. You guys are very inspiring and it makes me proud to know you guys and know you guys are still killing it and still doing what you love. And I want all my friends to succeed and be happy. And so I'm happy for you, bud. Thank you very much, my friend. And I'm, ex uh, I'm excited to read your book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be called The Blood and the Sweat. Oh, story perfect. Of, the story of the Kohler brothers. Sick. <laughs> Love that, dude. Interview, interview all your other brothers in there, too, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They, they're going to interview. There's some cool little things in there. Yeah. You know, it's different. It's not just here's a story. And yeah. This is what we did. And we got into a fight and we got yeah. back in the van. There's like, <laughs> there's like, we, like how we would say, well, make a list of your, of your favorite metal songs ever. Make a, a list of your favorite, you know, hip hop songs, and that'll break up the book. And that's not just. There's so many other things to it. It's yeah. actually pretty fun. So. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. All right. All, right all the all the best to your family, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. I'll talk Thanks to you for later. your time, bro. Okay. Bye. See you. Bye. <clears throat> that's gonna be kind of like my mo, where 
after I do the interview, I wait and I realize, oh shit, I had more questions for them. So usually there's going to be some extra stuff at the end of all my episodes. It's kind of like the theme of what I've been doing. I'm sorry, I'm just a spaz and I don't get all the questions I need to. And uh, sometimes I just like OCD and bug out on the what I could have, should have asked them and I get them back on the phone. <laughs> Yo, check, check, check. So I, I had to get Pete back on the phone because, you know, <clears throat> shit has come up, no pun intended, um, on some other podcasts and there's stories <laughs> and people from private accounts, they come on my page and like, Yo, pussy boy, gonna talk about your podcast. Yo, rope master. And sometimes I get mad. I write back. If you weren't there, you weren't fucking there. Like it's it's something you heard through the grapevine or something that Toby mysteriously did. What happened was, ladies and gentlemen, is that somehow it was my diet. Maybe going to Europe early, early on with these guys, becoming a vegetarian, eating all the backstage sloppy food, sitting around there. I had some spastic colon shit where I couldn't control myself. If I had to go to the bathroom, I had to go to the bathroom. Um, and what happened? Yeah, there was, was no no stopping it. No stopping it at all. There's no stopping it. And you know, I'm not sure if Arma was the first person to see it, but whatever it was, I could uh, projectile shit out my ass and shoot it pretty far. I'm not proud of it. It was fun when I did it. I, I stopped doing it years ago. Armand's still obsessed with it and wishes I still do it. I'm almost fifty. I'm almost fifty years old. This motherfucker's still gonna ask me if I can shoot rope. And um, so yeah, but yeah, he, happened, he's, happened he's, he, he's completely obsessed with it. Obsessed with it. I don't know if he's, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I know I did it in front of a lot of people. Some people puked in their mouth. Some people really offended. I even even had the gall audacity to even show it to them. I remember Dickie from the Boston's was super bummed I did it. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think, didn't he almost throw up? Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, he was like gagging like crazy. Um, so yeah, but, but, but Pete has a couple of key stories that are very, the Berserker, which I knew nothing about, um. So what, the what, was it's yeah. probably the best one. But give me the other ones first. Okay. <laughs> Got to save the headliner for okay, later. Yeah, at least the openers. <laughs> so uh, what what did we do the other day? There was a beach one. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was like a river in Italy, and Inti took us to this river. It was like uh, a few miles away from the show, and it was all of us guys. It was sick of it all, and of course you, Toby. Yeah. And the guys from Snapcase. Yeah. And there was a tree with a actual rope on it, <laughs> and you would swing and then jump into the middle of the river. You know, so, so we were all doing that and they're having a great time. Then all these families showed up, so everyone's taking turns on the thing, whatever. And then you were like, "Yo, I gotta take a shit." <laughs> and there's nothing. There's nothing around at all. <laughs> okay, so always gonna laugh just, at this shit no matter what. <laughs> always guys. So then you just shot a rope really close to where everybody was like playing and whatnot, jumping around and whatever. And then Into the sand. This, <laughs> then there was this extremely long rope of shit that right right in the in the way of all the fun. <laughs> in front of the swing. So so then this family comes walking up and they wanted to use it and they all just walked in it barefooted. Oh man. <laughs> of course none of us, you know, warned them because but it made it much <laughs> it made it much more funny at the time. And you think Inti stepped in the two probably, right? Yeah, I, I really do think we'd have to ask Armand, but I really do think Inti stepped in it too. Dude, I, mean, I, I, I Yeti Yeti was with us too, and I think Yeti almost threw up. Oh shit. You know what else too? I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I get so many cool photos of like pillow fights in the back of the bus with Siv and pillow fights with Snapcase on the bus and fucking 
dude, so, uh, dude, if there were phones back then, oh my god, it's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, thank goodness. And then what's a, the other one? There was a truck stop one. This one is outlandish. Oh yeah, well there was there was a there was two. Oh truck yeah, yeah. Stop that's ones. right. That's right. The first one it was somewhere on I ninety five, whatever, middle of a tour, and you really had to go. So As Armand, always. yeah, yeah. So Armand pulled over at a truck stop, but it was like one of those family rest stops or whatever, and. There was thousands of cars. Like we couldn't even find a place to park, so we just pulled up so you could run out and go to the bathroom. But we pull up, you're like, "Yo, I can't make it! I can't make it!" So you just open the doors of the van and just suck your ass out and just shot shit all over the sidewalk. And there was like people like you know picnicking like over there, and you know people walking their dogs and shit. Oh my god! <laughs> so he shot rope, cleaned up a little, and we just took off. You know, yeah. It, it, it made for good timing, at least. Yeah, it didn't for take sure. Long. Yeah, it wasn't like sitting around reading the paper. You know. Yeah, and it was pre phones too, so it was on their phones. Like it was like pure entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Touring, like we said the other day, is fucking boring as shit. It is, dude. So that made it having your friends with you like that. Yeah, was totally fun. That's what. I just laughs like for hours and hours. It just made the day go day. by. The days go by too, you know, leading up to when you have to play and shit, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And <laughs> the other one, it was you, me, and minus, and we. Shout out to minus. Yeah, we got. It was in somewhere in Massachusetts, and we walk into the men's room, and there was a fucking line to use everything. I'm sure. Use you know use this use that. And then you just shit in the urinal <laughs> with people waiting to use the urinal. So that I just did it right in front of them, just bam, I opened the shit. Right in front every, yeah, because you had to go. I was like, what are you going to shit your pants? <laughs> it was, it was so, so, there was, <laughs> so there was some sort of a receptacle to use. So you shit. You know what's crazy? Like, did I even think was there a Modi MAD back then? Like, was I was trying to fix my shit? I just lo- I thought it was. I think I thought it was normal. Like, oh, it's my diet. There was some fucked up things happening to me, man. It's like, fuck. If I had a Modi MAD, I'd be so good. Damn. Because I know I had those butt tampons. I told you like the other day. Yeah, like, I was, you, I should, t- you know, you should you should have patented those the butt tampons. If for men, like I roll up all those toilet paper people and I have it water in my pocket, or I just shoved it between my ass, like. Just in case, I, sh- I don't want to shit myself at all times. On the subway, on airplanes. Oh, dude. That's like my biggest fear is airplanes shitting yourself. When they say, like, you say we're taking off now. Put your seatbelts on. You can't get up. That From that time, at least, I'm like, even to this day, I do get a little fuck, man. It's so fucked. Um, and then the other one, I, I remember I remember outdoing somebody in a gymnasium or basketball, and that was on tour and shit. Okay, the tour was sick of it all, Civ. And H2O. Yep. And I know Charlie and Sammy all day were kept on, you know, trying fucking get, with trying you to, to the point. Shit, yeah. Yeah, to the point of it, it wasn't funny. You know? Yeah, thank you for that. And it that. was like, you know, pussy boy this and blah, blah, blah. And they were very, you know, fashionable. They all had yeah. nice Fred Perry's, yeah. the nice shoes, but you, that was their thing. So yeah. everyone's playing basketball. The backstage was a gymnasium. So we're all playing basketball. That happens in Europe they, a lot. That happens in Europe a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that made it even more fun. We would, yeah. you know, do shit like that. So Charlie kept on fucking with you, and I don't know what happened. And, and then he's like, oh, yo, pussy boy, don't get mad, or some shit like that. 
So then you just took off all your clothes and started chasing him around, you know, and he was, had his big creepers on. He was, like, slipping and sliding everywhere. And him and Sammy were talking crazy shit. So then, <laughs> so then you just shit in your hand <laughs> and then wiped it across your chest. And you're like, yeah, motherfuckers, come on. Come on, look! And then they all ran for their lives. <laughs> Pretty much everybody in the entire fucking place. I really feel like was, T- I really feel like TS came in there naked. I was like, you think you, you think that's funny getting naked? I'll, I'll one up you. I'll get I'll get shit. Yeah, on my- yeah, yeah. It, it was something like that. Yeah. Because TS was always getting naked. Yeah, always. But you took it way <laughs> total berserker. Like everyone was just scared to death of you. <laughs> I rubbed shit on myself. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> And and Charlie and you just tried to grab Charlie and he like was like freaking out like <laughs> and I know Sammy just took off like he just left the building. That is fucking amazing. So, so, you know what I think there's you know what I think there's pictures now. I might have a picture of my phone, but just us naked on the basketball court actually maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna find that. No, it was be pre shit I think, but I definitely was naked on there. I remember fucking. Yeah, you know what's so weird is I don't have any photos from back then because. When I moved here to Florida, we got hit with a hurricane the first right. few months we moved here. That's right. And I lost all of our photos and shit like that. It was like two huge bins of stuff. Fuck, that sucks. So I don't, yeah, that was pretty shit. You obviously have the memories, though. You got a good memory, man. Fuck. Yeah, that shit was crazy. So certain things you can't wipe out of your mind. Yeah, you <laughs> scarred you for life. <laughs> and also, I think I told you I had that. You said that picture might have been like a, on a record or something. But I did have a picture of the rope in my butt and touching the ground, looked like a yeah, rainbow. I, I think it's in a biohazard record. I'm gonna find that fucking picture and lose in the back, like so disgusting, yeah, yeah. man. Oh, you know who threw up? It was Paul from Sheer Terror. Oh shit! Maybe that's on that yeah, tour. Was, that's right was, on that tour. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, sick of it all. Biohazard and Sheer Terror was, was on the beginning of the tour. tour. Dude, that was a yeah, yeah, and tour. he threw. <laughs> Dude, that was crazy. I remember. I remember. I could clear like maybe two or three pizza boxes too. Like, I could lay them out flat and then shit yeah. boxes and shit. And he and uh, I was like, "Come on, come on, you got to see this." And Paul was like, "What the fuck?" And then he did it. It was crazy. <laughs> so this is something like it's. You know what's so good about this? Really not. Maybe there's one photo. It's something that you had to be there for. Like you can't. There's no videos, no phones. It's just it's, legendary now. It's a legendary. Legend. <laughs> um, what's that called? Like, yeah, it's like the myth, not the myth. It's a true story. Like the um, fuck. Yeah. Urban legend. Yeah. Yeah, but sadly, sadly, when we all pass away, it's just going to be like a myth. They won't even, you know. Damn. You know, people will be like, well, "Did that really happen?" Well, now they know from this podcast that we actually have some actual <laughs> legit stories that you witnessed and people witnessed. I want to say too, Siv, Siv saw me do it like in one of those kind of prison shower setups in Europe too. It was like I did it one of those. All the, yeah, did all yeah. the showers on did it in there and just washed right down. But he saw that <laughs> shit. He freaked out. It's crazy. Like we all showered together too because on the tour sometimes people listening is that backstage is like these in these gymnasiums. So you go like into a locker room and all of us be naked just showering and shit. Fuck, man. I, once, I, I, this is when phones were invented. Yeah. And we were playing in Portugal with Madball. And we all showered. Like, I showered first. Because the second I get off stage, I shower. Boom, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I love that. You always did that. For some reason, Craig waited for the Madball guys to go in. And I, I don't know what that was about. But, <laughs> it's you know, it's a group shower. And I was standing outside the showers recording. And then you hear, you hear Hoya, yeah, Craig. 
come on, Craig, come on in, motherfucker, come on. And everyone was screaming and like chanting for Craig to come into the shower. <laughs> it was funny he was as hell. So scared, you know, I bet too. Yeah, he was probably. <laughs> That's so funny, man. And I was sitting outside, just you know, recording. I was like, "These guys are crazy." Dude, I'll tell you this right now. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to blow up your spot, Todd, friend. But let's keep it 100, Todd, friend. You wear your underwear in the shower still when we go in Europe because you're just too embarrassed to show us your body. And Todd, friend's in his flip flops and his underwear in the shower. What is he nuts? <laughs> They're all in there with him, dude. I'm like, <laughs> you would have been 25 years. I've seen your shit, TF. I've seen your shit, man. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. That's crazy, He's right? Crazy. Was he fifty five and he cares what anyone thinks? I know, it's crazy. <laughs> Fucking grew up together, everybody naked together, man. Fuck man. That's a that's a touring glamorous life, dude. The prison showers and the fucking Yeah, yeah. So glamorous. That I love that when uh I forgot where we were. It was some show and then some guy in a very big band showed up and he wanted to talk to Lou and, and Lou was changing behind the bass amp. He was like completely naked. He was like, oh yeah, this is great. Super glamorous. <laughs> yeah, this is great. And the guy was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's just crazy. Like, it's kind of, I don't know, man, just it, with, with the expectations and things that people think about what touring's really like and the reality of it. And like you said, you're, you're, you're going to fly out here next week in and out. Boom, in and out. Because you got a family to go home yeah. to, man. It's like. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love hanging out with my, my family. It's, it's, yeah, man. We were just, you know, skating up and down the street a little bit ago. Oh, so you riding skateboards? Yeah, and Lucy nice. likes she likes riding the uh the, the scooter things. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's like her thing. So, so. are you skate? Do you, do you, do you, that's the one thing I asked you on the, on the other time we talked. Did you ever skate? Oh, from the seventies till now, I'm not great, but yeah, I skate. You know, did you do tricks? You do ollies and shit, or? Uh, I just, you know, they do Tic Tacs and, you know, uh, that <laughs> that's total old school shit, carving and shit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, carving super fun. Damn. I but, never, uh, I've never even asked you that. So you didn't skate ramps when you were a kid or nothing. There was really no ramps in Queens back then. To us back in Queens, it was more of a, just to get somewhere. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like, well, we would ride all the time. Yeah. You know? So, and yeah, that's, that's what, just here, like when Lucy's riding her her uh scooter thing I'll, I'll ride a skateboard or whatever chase her that's around. cool man it's fucking awesome yeah i talked to jimmy and jimmy said he's bought a full power pro to set up with independent trucks i was like oh shit damn he's, <laughs> he's bought a whole, a whole new board man it's like fuck man skating skating was such a big part of everything for me like just with getting the soundtracks and those vhs the bones brigade videos and the skate videos and it was just a punk rock soundtrack it was so good man 80s fuck yeah yeah it went Super so hand cool. in hand you know what i mean yeah, there's a skate park over here called uh, Jericho, something like that, or Walls of Jericho, whatever. <laughs> and uh, it's, I think that's the name of it. Wow, but, um, that's cool. And it's weird because all the kids there, they don't even, they're not even into music. They're just yeah. in, they saw the Tony Hawk video game and now they're into that. Yeah. It's really strange how things changed. Like music gets you into you know skating or whatever and now it's like a video game and video games get kids into everything yeah it's true yeah and the soundtrack to skateboarding is like all hip-hop now mostly you know what i mean on on, on the videos that max watches it's like yeah yeah and i I remember back in the day it was like the the video game company would 
okay, here's an advance of blah, 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 much money to be on our soundtrack. Now it's like, you got to beg them to be mm. on this soundtrack because their pre-orders of a game are like 10 million. It's crazy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like, you're lucky you could sell a thousand records in the United States. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's true. It's I, 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 I really think that, I really think that that Tony Hawk Streets get a shot. Tony Hawk into Stardom made him a millionaire. I think that that changed everything for him. I I, I can't. I don't have any facts on it. I just feel like he was still a massive skater and well respected and the best in the world. But that fucking Streets game made him a real household name, man, for sure. Of course, it made it made him. Yeah. You know. Fuck. That's crazy. It's crazy. But that's great. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He still didn't. You know. Mm-hmm. He still didn't have to get a job. You know what he did? Yeah. He skated. It's so cool. I just saw him doing like a, a, a car karaoke with Sean White. They're doing Ramones in the car. And Tony Hawk's <laughs> always been so connected to punk rock and hardcore and all that shit. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Pretty awesome. <laughs> all right, Pete. Thank you, man. This is, I'm so excited for this your episode to come out. We talked so much good shit earlier. I mean, last week, too. And then you know, all this yeah, shit. Yeah, just tell me tell me when and all how to lose. Like, push it. For sure. Awesome, brother. Take thank you, easy. Pete. Thank you, bro. See ya. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait to you guys do the next one. <laughs>